0: Welcome to Parkview. Guys uh, getting ready to tee off at, these, at the golf club and a bunch of guys sitting around, uh, locker room, getting their shoes on, doing that stuff. Uh, cell phone laying there on the bench and uh, it starts ringing and um, everybody kind of looks at each other. Finally, one guy reans, leans over and hits the speaker button, turns it on. Woman's voice says, hello, honey, honey, is that, is, is that, is that you? Are you at the club? Guy says, Yes. Listen, I'm out shopping and I found this leather coat for $500, is it okay if I buy it? Guy goes, sure, go ahead. She says, well, um, you know, I was at the Mercedes dealer yesterday, the new models are out, Um, do you think we ought to, you know, think about trading in? He said, well, how much is it? She said, 80,000. He said, well, okay, but I want all the options for 80,000. She said, okay. Well, um, great, uh, that house that we really, really love, it went on the market, um, the sign went up, and I, and I asked about it, it's 1.5 million, guy says, okay, well, make an offer, but don't go any, don't go a dime over 1.3. She said, okay, can't wait to see you later, I love you, he said, bye, I love you, hangs up and everybody's just looking at him, just like, turns around to everybody else and he goes, anybody know whose phone this is? That's the best way to think about money as we head into the holiday season, isn't it? And hey, if you're visiting, don't worry. As we start into this series... About being applejack. This is not a fundraising sermon. This is about the deeper stuff. As a matter of fact, let me jump into it. Okay, the deeper stuff goes all the way back to the beginning. Watch, watch how this works. Now, the Lord God had planted in the garden uh, in the east in Eden. There, He put a man that He had formed, and the Lord made all kinds of trees to grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. All right, so they had good stuff. That's really important for you to understand. All the good things in the world are from God. I talked about that last week. Everything comes from God, and it's all, And He'd already. Eaten even in the Garden of Eden, he put everything that they need, except for one tree that he put in that was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he said, I want you to not eat that tree. Everything else you can have, just don't eat from that tree. Why? Because he wanted to give them freedom of choice. I mean, that's just really the simple, uh, otherwise we're just slaves. Otherwise we're just his pets. He wanted us to have freedom of choice to love him back. So there's one thing he asked them not to do. Satan comes along and says, really? Seriously? Do you really think that, you know, I mean, is this really going to mess up your life? Is you really going to bring death? I mean, come on. My, my point is that they were already in a place where everything was as, as perfect as it could be. They were in the garden, right? Pleasing to the eye, good for food, They already had all those trees. So why is it that the one thing they weren't supposed to have is what they wanted? The woman saw that the fruit of the tree that she wasn't supposed to eat from... Was good for food, pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom. Three things. She took some and she ate it, and she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. And the eyes of both of them were open, and they realized that they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Oh, darn. <laughs> Now we know good and evil because we ate from this tree, and we know we're evil because we disobeyed and ate from this tree, and now I'm having one of those dreams where I show up at my school in my underwear. (laughs) Except it's not a dream, and I don't even have underwear. (laughs) Awkward. All of a sudden, their lives became naked. Were they naked before? Yeah. Their souls became naked. Why is that? Because they tried to fill up on the things that they weren't supposed to, instead of the things that they were. And from that point on, we have an imperfect world. Satan is in the world. He's the ruler of this world. So we have terrorists, we have, you know, death, disease, and all the horrible things that go on in this world because of that. Because they wanted to have the one thing they weren't supposed to have, and they tried to use that as a substitute for their relationship with God. So God's shows up one day, and, and they try to hide from him, and God says, why are you hiding? And the man said, the woman you put here with me, I'm reading straight out of the Bible, boys and girls, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Like, it's not my fault, God, you gave me this woman, and there you have it, proof that all the world's problems stem from estrogen. Can I get an amen? Amen. No, I'm Just kidding. Don't tweet that. If he, if he was a real man, he would have. He would have been. He would have answered his own cell phone in the first place. Okay. My point about this is there were three things. There were three major temptation areas for substituting something for God. There were three things. It, w- it was going to taste good. That was good to my senses. It was going to be pleasing to my eye. And it was desirable for gaining wisdom. That's what it was. It felt good to my heart. It felt good to my senses. It felt good to my eyes. and felt good to my heart. And they ate it. And life has never been the same. Because, and here's my term, because they got apple jacked, okay? Uh, that, this just hit me this week. Hijacked by the apple. They got apple jacked. They saw this thing and it tried to get put in, in the place of where God was supposed to be, and they got apple jacked. I used to love apple jacks until I realized that, you know, sugar coated high fructose corn syrup wasn't so good for me. It was apple jacked, right? Here's what the Apostle John says Do not love the world or anything in the world, for if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. Okay, well, how do we balance that? What does that mean? Everything in the world, okay, category one. Lust of the flesh, category two, lust of the eyes, and category three, the pride of life. All of those three things that we try to substitute for God, they come not from the Father, they come from the world. Three big substitutes for God from the very beginning. Satan has always used it. When Jesus shows up and Satan tempts him, what does he do? He tempts him. First temptation, turn this stone into bread. What is that? That's the flesh. It's going to taste good, right? He says, I'll give you, number two, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. So pretty. Look at what you can have. Less of the eyes. Then the third one is, well, just do a swan dive off the temple because the angels will catch you and everybody will think you're awesome. Pride of life. Three major categories of things that we put in the place of where God needs to be. The world and its desires will pass away, but God is forever. God has to be number 1. As a matter of fact, when God told us this, God spoke these words and said, "This is the beginning of the 10 commandments." He said, "I am the Lord your God, you shall have no other gods before me." And you may read that and think, "Well, you know, God's just like well, if I'm in charge, I just want to make sure you understand that I'm in charge." But really, who is this for? You'll have no other gods before me. Don't make yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven, on earth, b- earth, beneath the waters, below. You shall not bow down or worship them. Why? Because I am your father and I made you, I created you to be a person who runs on me. Your tank needs to run on me. Listen to C.S. Lewis. God invented us like a man invents an engine. And a car is made to run on gasoline. And it would not run properly on anything else. Uh, when I read that, I'm, I'm reminded of the Office episode where Michael Scott said he tried to fill up with diesel one time to save money. You know that, That's not going to work. It's the wrong thing. Now, God designed the human machine to run on himself. He himself is the fuel our spirits were designed to burn, the food our spirits were designed to feed on. There is no other. That is why it is just no good asking God to make us happy in our own way without bothering about him. God cannot give us happiness and peace apart from himself because there is no such thing. Because that would be hell. We've been talking about this. You've got a road to life and peace. You've got a road to hell. And if you start putting other things in the place of where God is, you are automatically on the road to hell, not eternally. I'm talking about living in hell now. We're talking about how we're going to get the hell out of the south suburbs. That's what we're going to do. We're going to get the hell out of the world. Well, that starts by putting God first. And we know all, we, we know all about that. Seek first the kingdom. But if you fill up your tank on the stuff that it won't run on, not... Not only are you not seeking God, but you're clogging up your engine. And you know it's true. You've tried it. We've all tried it. It's a great temptation. Those three categories are what Satan uses over and over again. So you're going to be like, okay, well, Adam and Eve weren't applejacked by money or sex or power. There was no money. Nobody else to have sex with. Um, you know, they were in charge of everything except for God at that point. But the principles are the same. And in the 21st century, if Satan tried to applejack us, if Satan showed up here, the three big categories of temptation for us would be money, sex, and power. And we start with money. Lust of the eyes. The apple looked good. I have plenty of other great fruit, plenty of other things I can do, I can look at, but I want to look at this one. I, I like this one. This one's enticing to me. The problem with this one, the reason I wanted to start here is because it's hard to define. Jesus was talking to a group one day and he said, be on your guard. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. For your life does not consist in the abundance of your possessions. Now we would all say, oh yeah, we gotta watch out for greed, deadly sin, we got that. And abundance of our possessions, we we know, we know that's that's really, really bad. But we don't know where the line is, right? The reason Jesus says this is because now he doesn't have to define murder. <laughs> he doesn't have to say, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of murder. I mean, pretty much know when I killed somebody, right? Be on your guard against adultery or stealing or lying. They're pretty clear cut. But how do you know? How do you know when the money God has applejacked you and gotten in the place of the true God? I mean, how ironic is it that I wrote this sermon? on an Apple computer? And I have an Apple phone in my pocket and an Apple watch on my wrist. Who's been Applejacked here, PT? <laughs> Looks like you have. Yeah, I guess I should figure this out. How do I know when I've been Applejacked by money? It's not clear cut. Just because I have a credit card problem, or a credit card, doesn't mean I have a problem with it, right? <laughs> Maybe I do. <laughs> just because I want to buy a new coat doesn't mean I have a problem. I mean, if I've got $500 for a leather coat, great. If you've got $80,000 for a new Mercedes, great. If you've got $1.5 million for a new house, great, fantastic. That's not really the point, though, is it? The point is when those things are in the way of God. How do you know that? John Ortberg wrote it this way. He said, the strange thing about possessions is about just who possesses who. When Nancy and I were married, initially I was in school. We had no money. We had crummy furniture. We had an old brown faded couch that we did not care what happened to. You could sit on it, play on it, eat on it, sleep on it, bounce on it. We didn't care. As a matter of fact, when I got home from work every day, I put the kids on the couch and we would actually bounce them up and down on the couch. We would just go, yee, 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 yee. And they would say it over and over again. And it became known as the yee, yee couch. Let's go sit on the yee, yee couch. That's what we called it. Over time, we saved up some money, and we decided to go buy our first nice piece of furniture. A sofa, the color of Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> this was back in the 80s. Some of you remember this. It was called mauve. It was a mauve sofa. It was really pink, but for that kind of money, it was mauve. And the guy at the sofa store, when he found out we had a little kid, said, don't buy a mauve sofa. Get a dirt-colored sofa, Okay. We were like, no, no, no. We know how to handle our kids. We want the mauve sofa. So we brought it home. Anybody want to guess what the number one rule about the mauve sofa was? Don't sit on the mauve sofa. (laughs) Don't play on the mauve sofa. Don't eat on the mauve sofa. Don't touch the mauve sofa. Don't breathe on the mauve sofa. Upon every other piece of furniture in the house, thou mayest freely sit. But upon this sofa, the mauve sofa, Thou shalt not sit, for on the day thou shalt sit thereupon, you will surely die. That should be your first sign that um, it turned into an idol. It turned into a substitute God, right? And then what happens? You buy that mauve sofa and you realize, hey, we got one nice thing. And now everything else has to go around it. And pretty soon, you're in credit card debt. Pretty soon, that, you know, Darwin, three years free interest is maxed all the way up. And pretty soon, you realize, you wake up one day and realize you have got a problem. I have got a problem. That's the whole FPU. We do that around here. We'll do it again in January. Uh, A lot of us just wake up and realize I didn't do it on purpose. That's why Jesus said, watch out for all kinds of greed. When your possessions start possessing you, you wake up one day and you realize you got Applejack. And the question for those of us who have been around for a while is, are you happier now than you were back when you didn't have anything? I mean, I I look at, at my kids my, my kids out in California, they're living in a 700-square-foot apartment. They got a new little baby. You know, they just got two little tiny bedrooms and, and one big kitchen kind of thing. And they don't have anything. I can jump up and down on their sofa and nobody would ever care. They, they, have, they really don't have anything worth anything. But when I think back to what life was like at that point, I mean, it was so simple. It was so simple. It was so beautiful. Interestingly, Jesus does actually talk about money as a potential God. He even calls it this No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. All right, you got your choices. You're going to hate the one and, and love the other. There are your choices. You're going to be devoted to one and you're going to despise the other. And then he says, You cannot serve both God and mammon. Okay, mammon. Some of your texts may say, some of your Bibles may say, Money. But what that is, is the God of money. It's got a capital M on it. Money is neutral. It's the love of money that, that is wrong. It's not money. Money is neutral. Do, it doesn't matter. So, how do you know when money has turned into mammon? How do you know when you've been applejacked by money? Well, you may end up just like this guy in this video <laughs> applejacked, right? You know. Let me give you a contrast, two people that Jesus ran into and show you the difference. And the difference is conversion. Listen, Jesus entered Jericho, was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus, chief tax collector of the land, and he was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead, climbed a sycamore tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. All right, anybody? Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. We taught our kids this chorus. Is that politically correct? He climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And as the Savior passed that way, he looked up in the tree, and he said, Zacchaeus, you come down, for I'm going to your house today. A little chorus that, that I've known all my life about this story of Zacchaeus. What's the deal with Zacchaeus? We, we used to have a dog named Zacchaeus. Well, it was a really weird dog, but at least he wasn't a cat. Um, he was, uh, it was a five-pound poodle, toy poodle. Yeah, five pounds, man. He was a wee little man. We called him Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a, was a chief tax collector. He was rich because he extorted money from his own people. Why would anybody take a job in that culture? Again, a, a tax collector was it was not a it was a it was a legal profession from Rome, but their whole idea was to extort money from people so that they could be wealthy as well. Think of a slum lord, think of a drug lord, that's who he was. What would cause a person to want to be a tax collector? Well, he'd been applejacked. The lust of the eyes would, at, at some point. At some point with the mammon God, you, you, here's what happens. You're going to go through the black hole. You're going to wake up on the other side. You're going to think, look at all the things that, that the money God has done for me. Look at all the things that the money God has given me. And you're going to wake up and you're going to go, but none of it was worth it. Because I don't feel like God is running my life. And I feel lost. You're going to wake up one morning and you say, you know what? I'm, I'm tired of this. He was so tired, he was so desperate, he climbed a tree. The sycamore tree, I just learned this this week, was considered unclean in Jewish culture because they fed the pods that fell down from the sycamore tree, they fed them to the pigs. So so not only, I mean, obviously, you know, somebody climbs a tree, a, a stately older person who has a high rank in society, a wealthy person's climbing a tree because he wants to see Jesus, that's pretty desperate. But the fact that it was a sycamore tree made it even more desperate. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked and said to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, come down, I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this, and they began to mutter. There goes Jesus again, hanging out with those sinners, right? They love to mutter. Mm-hmm. Jesus, Zacchaeus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that the, the word mutter from the Greek is "diagogudzo." Isn't that a cool word? Diagogudzo. And it, it means to, to complain, to grumble. It's from the same root word we get, diarrhea. There you go, mumblers, okay? But you can understand it, can't you? I mean, the guy is a crook. And he took their money, and he took their parents' money, and he took everybody's money. And they don't, they don't want this guy to be around Jesus because at this point, Jesus is a rock star. Out of all the people in Jericho that Jesus could have had dinner with, he chose the least likely person of the whole area who has climbed up into a sycamore tree. I mean, we talk about this all the time. Jesus, his, his mantra was, I'm a friend of sinners. That's, that's why. Why? I don't know. Why did God pick the 12 apostles that he picked? Why did God pick me to be, you know, your pastor? Why does he pick any of us to go be in heaven with him? Because he's awesome and he loves us. And he calls Zacchaeus by name. And, and I think there's something more to this. He calls Zacchaeus by name. <laughs> hey, Zac. Hey, Zac. Come on down. I want to go to your house. Why? Because Zacchaeus did not approach Jesus with pride, did he, at all? Jesus knew that Zacchaeus was done with his false god. He knew that he was done being apple-jacked. If he's going to climb a tree, if he's that desperate for a new god in his life, and Jesus wants to go hang out. We don't know what happened. During the conversation, Jesus goes over to Zacchaeus' house and has dinner. We know from another story of a tax collector party uh, named Matthew, that Jesus at some point just said, hey, Matthew, why don't you follow me? My guess is, out of the story, that at some point, Jesus said, I want to come over to your house. Let's have dinner. And over dinner, Jesus said, Zacchaeus, why don't you follow me? And Zacchaeus said, "I, I do want to follow you. As a matter of fact, I want to follow you so bad. Look at this. This is the part we don't talk about Zacchaeus very often. Look, Lord, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. You might be like, well, what's, what all, what's all that about? Well, Levitical law meant it said that if you cheated somebody, you were supposed to pay them back twice as much as you cheated from them. That's what the Mosaic law said. What, what Zacchaeus is saying is, look, I, I want to follow you so much that I'm going to go above and beyond what the law says. And I'm going to cheat. If I've cheated someone, like if I've cheated someone, I'm going to go back and pay back everybody that I've cheated four times what I stole from them. And, and then I'm going to give half of my money away. What, what do you call that? Well, you call that conversion. You call that conversion, you call that a guy who said, I'm done with this, I'm done being applejacked by this, and I'm going to go follow you now, all right? Contrast that story with the rich young ruler who was a chapter before, who came up to Jesus and said, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, dude, you know the commandments, no adultery, no murder, don't steal, don't give false testimony, honor your father and mother, and all these, this man said, I have kept since I was a boy. Really? So you're a good one, okay? And Jesus, who can see into your heart, said, well, there's still one thing you got going on here. you still got a mammon God. You've still been apple-jacked by money, lust of the eyes, so what you need to do is sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and then come follow me. When he heard this, the man became very sad because he was a man of great wealth. Jesus said, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Why, Why is it hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? Because the rich, which would be probably most of us, The people who can take care of themselves, they don't have to depend on God. And at some point, the money God becomes something we depend on more than the real God, and it gets control of our life. Zacchaeus realized that this wasn't doing him any good, and he had a conversion. He said, I'm just going to give it away. I don't think Jesus asked him to give it away. I don't think that there was any conversation in Zacchaeus' house about, hey, you know, by the way, you ought to give some money back. I don't believe that any of that was going on because Zacchaeus knew immediately what was going on in his life. But the rich young ruler was coming in with an attitude of pride. He's so self-deceived that he thought he would kept all the commandments. Nobody's kept all the commandments. Come on. This guy, th- this guy doesn't even know that he's been Applejack. The rich young ruler, he got his money the old-fashioned way. He kept the laws. He was a pretty good guy. And sometimes that's a problem. Sometimes the hardest people to bow down before Jesus are the ones who have been good people and they've lived good lives and they've got their own resources and why would they need God? Zacchaeus was a jerk. He was a crook. He was a swindler. But he got saved. Rich young ruler was a good guy. He kept the laws. But he didn't. Why? It doesn't matter how good you are. The only thing that matters is what you are. Worship. That should be a life-changing statement right there. I know you're not good. I'm not good. We're all losers. If I was in a crowd with Jesus, I'd need to climb up a sycamore tree to try to find him too. And I would. Because I know that he is the way and the truth and the life. I know that. I get that. And that's why I choose to worship him. Listen to me, this happens all the time. People don't know they've been apple jacked, especially by this money thing. Zacchaeus is so desperate for salvation. He'll climb the tree. He'll let everybody call him names and laugh at him and not let him play in the reindeer games. He doesn't care about any of that. He knows the money God doesn't work anymore. He knows he's been on the, the highway of hell, and he doesn't want to be there anymore. He wants to, he wants to find life. He wants to find peace. And I, again, I doubt that Jesus and Zacchaeus had any conversation about money. Here's what I believe. When you get really converted, you will immediately know where you've been Applejack. I want to really encourage you to be here next week um, because this sex thing, I mean, it, we're not going to talk a, a, in you know, graphic ways uh, about what, what, what the sex God is for us. But the sermon is so important because it's such an easy thing for us to try to find our worth in another human being. I really want to encourage you to be here. You'll know if that's your deal when we talk next week. You'll know if this is your deal. This is, this is everybody's deal in the United States at some point. It's us. It's all of us. We know we struggle with the money, the possessions. So, so what do we do about it? Well, here's what, the reason I wanted to do money up front is um, because I wanted to hit you before we got to Black Friday. And before we got to, you know, all the uh, buying all your presents, yeah, my, my, my wife's already started, but, you know, hopefully I'm getting you ahead of things a little bit. I triple dog dare you this Christmas to prove that the mammon God is not a problem and that you have not been applejacked by money by doing something with your money that isn't for you or yours. Give, give it away. We have. Things that are gonna be available next week for you to be able to do. And and you don't have to do it through us because we usually run out of stuff. Our people are so generous. We've got our own single parent children who we're doing presents for, angels of hope who are kids of Parents who's in prison. Um, All God's people serves the homeless, urban youth ministry, um, kids down in Inglewood. We got restoration ministries over in Harvey. Uh, A lot of drug addicts, kids, and so forth. Uh, We got things at, at both of our campuses. We got all kinds of opportunities for you to be able to give. And I just would encourage you as you roll into this Christmas season. I know for me, it's 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 not about me, but it is about my family. You know, we're gonna we're gonna have to try to keep ourselves from buying stuff for our grandkids that won't know it or appreciate it and could care less, right? So do something for somebody else and, and prove. And if you're a part person, I'm going to, I'm going to hit you one more time with online giving. I mean, you should be giving a percentage to God. That's what the Bible tells us we should do. It should be the first fruits of our, of our lives. That's what we should do. And I want to encourage you to do that. And we, do, we schedule the things that we do, right? My doctors, I hate it when I can't do auto pay. I hate it when there's not some automatic way to pay my bills because I don't want to have to think about it. All right, so I automate everything that I can, and I've automated my giving, and about 50% of our giving comes in automated, and you're like, well, that doesn't feel like much of, a, of an offering of worship. Yeah, it does. It is, exactly. I make a decision at the beginning of the year, and I set it up, and I make sure it, it happens. It doesn't matter whether it's once a week or once a month or whatever. You go to any of, any of the sites on our website, parkfewchurch.com, go to the right top corner, and there will be a give button there, top of any, any page. And uh, if you click through that, you'll notice that we have a FAQ to answer any questions that you might have. And you can go scroll down and schedule your giving in a safe and a secure way. Because and, and, we really want to get to the point where we just stop passing the offering plates. Because you know a lot of, most of us give online, and a lot of times it makes a visitor feel uncomfortable. Uh, we're, not, we're, not, we're not for your money if you're visiting. Um, but we do need to be faithful to God, and we need to prove... That the man in God isn't in charge. Jesus said to Zacchaeus, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For well, the son of man came to seek and save that which was lost. This is interesting because Jesus not only said salvation has come to this man, he said this guy is a Jew again. This was a double shot because as a tax collector, Zacchaeus was not allowed to worship in the temple because he was a sinner. He was in the same category as a prostitute, so he was not allowed to worship in the temple. And Jesus reinstated him in both ways because his actions showed repentance, showed a change of heart. In response to Zacchaeus' actions, Jesus says, salvation has come to this house. Notice, he did not say, if you will do this, if you will live like this, salvation will come to your house. No, it has already come. This is really important. God's salvation does not come in response to a changed life. A changed life comes in response to salvation. Salvation is free. Salvation is not based on how much you give or how much you do or how good you are. Salvation is based on who you worship. Jesus had replaced money on this guy's throne. Zacchaeus got salvation, and when you get salvation... Your response is, how much can I give? If it was about how much he was supposed to give, he would have been like the rich young ruler and come along and said, just give me the basis here, make sure i got everything covered. No, you can't have everything covered that way. Just love Jesus and let him have your heart. And when Jesus is on the throne, everything else will fall in line. For a lot of us, as, uh, as we think about the money thing, I think, um, you know, some of you might be like, well, I don't have a problem with this. I lost everything, you know, in the, in the recession. I'm clawing my way back up. I used to have, you know, a problem with mammon, but not anymore. I, I, I understand that. Some of you are like, oh, you, you don't understand, Tim. I got, I got bills that there's no way I'll ever be able to pay. I'm going through a divorce, you know, whatever, 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 whatever. I, I understand that. The problem is, a lot of times, what we have been doing, and even with the money God, even if we don't have the money God, is we've been depending on it. We've been thinking that that's what it's all about. And sometimes, for us, that's a substitute for understanding that God is our Father, and God is our Shepherd, and that God is going to take care of us. So if you're here today, and you're flat broke, do you really believe that God is going to take care of you? If you're here and you're really, really rich, do you really believe God is going to take care of you? If you're here and and you've got health problems, do you really believe that God is going to care for you? Do you really believe He is your good Father? He is the good shepherd? If you're here and you're going through a divorce, you're here, you got a family situation, you're here, and everything's going fantastic. Do you really believe that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father above? Do you really believe that God is the one who provides everything? And if you do, then cast your cares on Him. The psalmist said, Hear, O my people, and I will admonish you. O Israel, if you would but listen to me. There will be no strange God among you. Don't get applejacked. Do not worship a foreign God. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and said, open your mouth wide and I will fill it.